The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today's day is a great show. Have you suffered from getting angry in the morning, exhausted by noon, irritable in the afternoon, and then someone said, are you bipolar? Do you ever had anxiety about something at work and then frustrated on the drive home, laughed yourself silly about something on YouTube, then had a hard time falling asleep, and someone said, are you bipolar? Or is all this just moodiness, or is it just life? If this is you, today's show is for you, because we're going to discuss bipolar or emotional, intuition or moodiness. In today's world, it's very common to put on the TV and you say, oh my God, Seroquel. Take Seroquel, you'll be serene. Or, you know, the agitated, he's agitated, they're agitated, everybody's agitated. Take Sever, serenity, a pill. Is every mood problem bipolar? Today's show is going to change your life. It's going to teach us how to use mind, body, medical intuition and help with your physician, practitioner, therapist, and so on, to have health, happiness, and peace of mind. We're taking your calls, 816-251-3555, and from within the United States and Canada. And remember, unityonlineradio.org is live, live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central Time and 5 p.m. Eastern. And remember, you can get this show on your favorite podcast provider, as well as join the show live, this show live, with a question live, call in every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. So, what is this all about? You know, moods are interesting. We cycle like moods in and out, like a washing machine goes through program cycles. You throw your laundry in, you throw your day in, the people 
are thrown into your life and situations are thrown in. Whether some of them are dirty socks, some of them are clean socks, some of them are helpful. And then water, emotion, food, sleep gets thrown in. And then next thing you know, something happens. Agitate, agitate, agitate. You get aggravated. Anger. And soon, it soaks. It soaks in. And you're back to the calm place. And then, your day goes by. And then you feel drained. The water goes out of the washing machine after it agitates. Because it's programmed to be that way. It's a cycle. Moods have programmed cycles within us. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. It's not moodiness. They're programmed to be that way. We're supposed to, during our day, our brain reacts to what goes on around us. Otherwise, you're numb. I remember we used to watch in the good old days when there was violent TV and we laughed about it. I'm kidding. Please don't send me hate mail or Unity because, you know, it's a nice place and they don't like hate mail. We used to watch the Three Stooges and they go, nah, 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 numbskull. Numb means no pain, no feeling. If you don't feel emotions, you're numb. And we're supposed to feel emotions because if you don't feel them, you don't know what's going on. I have nerve damage on my feet because I've had spinal fusions since I was 12. And I have a problem where I don't feel on my feet. So one time I'm walking across the living room and I notice my left foot is sliding across the room. And it's like I hear metal. I'm like, what is the problem? I look at my heel and there's a tack sticking in my heel, which is A, dangerous, B, uncomfortable. Well, I couldn't feel it, but uncomfortable because I'm sliding all over the place and it's dangerous. And steel, it kind of, see, it kind of freakish a little bit to have a steel thing sticking in my heel. The point of the matter is it's not normal to be numb. It's dangerous. And it's also not normal to not feel emotions. We're supposed to cycle in none of them. That's not abnormal. So then the washing machine goes on. And then you get the rinse cycle. So you go outside, you play with the cat, the dog, the friend, whatever. And you have joy and it rinses the anger or the frustration away. And then next thing you know, you fill up again with love. You see some pretty flowers and this is the rinse cycle. You're filled with love. And next thing you know, it's the, your, the spin cycle, the spin cycle. And that is anxiety. And you shake, you shake, you shake, you shake, you shake. And then the cycle's over with, only to be repeated next time you go put something into the laundry. And that's our bodies. The thing is, is that in psychiatry, it's in its infancy. And we do not know nor understand really how to diagnose precisely illnesses like broken legs, tumors, someone gets a broken leg, you come in there and you're hobbling around and doctor, nurse, practitioner, practitioner will go, I think you broke your leg. 
it appears that way, but we don't know. So they throw your leg or they place it gently into a scan and they can say, yep, it'd be broken. And then they do the appropriate treatment. Or they can say, oh, that might be a tumor there. It's sticking out of you. And they'll put you in a scan and go, yep, it's stuck. It's not right. However, bipolar disorder is not that way. There's no scan that they can say, yep, your mood's broken. They can't see it. There's no blood test that can show that it's, you're running low on joy, high on anger, high on anxiety, nothing. There's no way. Maybe they can do a PET scan. I've seen people, they come back and go, I had the scan, and it shows I have no frontal temporal. That's ridiculous. In fact, some scans... They show low metabolism, they have high metabolism. No one really knows what that is. They, they, they guess, but something can be high, something can be low. It's in its infancy, but no one can truly diagnose bipolar disorder by those scans or blood tests or anything. And genetic testing, they have something called an MAOB genotype. And MAOB genotype has been from everything from you're a mass murderer to you've got bipolar to you're creative to we don't know what's anything about you. And it's like left-handedness or anything else. It's just a different kind of gene that influences serotonin. The point of the matter is, is there are some people who have true abnormal aberrations in how their brains cycle in and out of moods. The temporal lobe, the limbic system, is important for fear, anger, sadness, love and joy, and intuition. And our frontal lobe censors it, or curbs it, or mutes it, turns the volume up or down, helps us funnel that emotion so we can do something productive in our world, keep the relationship with the parent or child, keep the job, keep the relationship, handle money, and keep our place in society, basically so we don't get arrested. The key is the variety of ways in which we have a warped way in which we express emotions, and we can't curb them. They come out too loud or too soft or muted. Or they're loud, soft, loud, soft, loud, soft, mania, cyclomania, variety of ways in which they're not regulated, or what they call dysregulated emotions. Once again, no blood test, no scan. You could have a broken frontal lobe, brain injury. You could have had, so your emotions go up and down, up and down, up and down, or dysregulated. You can see that on a scan. You could have MS. Sometimes you can see it on a scan. You can have multiple sclerosis. You could have seizures, EG. And some of these things can be seen on a neuropsych eval. However, dementia, some of it you can see on a neuropsych eval, and so on. Some people are born with trauma. Post-traumatic stress disorder can injure some of the pathways for emotion in the amygdala here in the temporal lobe. However, some of us are born with the typical ways in which we pattern temporal lobe, limbic system, emotion, and intuition, 
with frontal lobe how we censor it or curve it or direct it. Just like someone who's born with a weakness in the motor, cerebral palsy, where they may walk with a weakness somewhere, they have a shakiness. Some people are born with a shakiness on how they curb their emotions. They might spasm. They might be irritable. They might lose it easier. They might snap. When I grew up, I was a camp counselor. And we would, we would say, that person is disturbed. You know, I know a lot of times that I've gotten disturbed, and I'm sure you have. It means that you've gotten aggravated about something. What kind of disturbed were you? That meant that you were off balance. When I traveled down south a lot, I learned that they would say that person is troubled. I always thought that that was an interesting way of saying it. The question is, what kind of troubled are you? My aunt Evie would say, that one's got a problem. So you never really knew. You knew that that person was born differently. Or my aunt Evie also, with sixth grade education, said, don't stare at that person. They were born that way. They can't help that they were born with one arm. We will never really know why some people were born <clears throat> uniquely. Passion, prone to fanci fanciful. When I was really having problems with seizures, and I'm not <clears throat> what you'd call ordinary either, I had a difficulty learning, reading and writing. I would fall asleep all the time. It took me six years to graduate from Brown. So I would carry a book all the time. It makes me upset to even talk about it. I carry a book around, hoping any time now I'd be able to look at the book and the words would go in. They'd make sense. To me, they were just letters on the page. They just stopped making sense. And one of the books, I just picked it up. It looked very cool. It was called The Journal of Solitude by May Sarton. And, I kept, and the other one was Little Prince, Le Petit Prince, because we had read it in high school. And I thought one of these days I'd be able to read it. Well, one day I opened up the Journal of Solitude and lo and behold, it went in. And so I read it slowly and effortless, effortless, effortlessly. I read it and I would write it. I would read it by writing down sentences that I read. And May Sarton was his poet, spent a lot of time alone and quite frankly, she was crabby, as I found that a lot of people with mood disorders are. She also spent a lot of time alone, probably because she was so sensitive and she had a very thin frontal lobe, meaning she was sensitive. I've also met many people who have a world of intuition who are also that way, because their frontal lobes, they lack, well, a filter. So chances are, if you're ADHD, born the sensitive one, the emotional one in the family, you might have been called troubled, a spaz, wore your heart and out in your sleeve. You were impractical, foolish, not normal. May Sarton called it primary intensity, meaning that she was a temporal lobe on a stick. She was very emotional and she doesn't really have much of a frontal lobe to curb it. So May Sarton helped me wake up. And so I wrote her a letter saying, Mace, May, Miss Sarton, your book helped me wake up and be able to read again. So she wrote me a letter and said, I'd like to meet you. And so when she did, she answered, I called her. She gave me her number. 
And she picks up the phone and she starts to scream at me. And she goes, everybody, everybody, everybody's after me. They're after me. And she screams, screams at me. I said, Miss Sarton, I'm so sorry. Miss Sarton, Miss Sarton. This lady shrieking at me. And some people could say she has a bipolar moment. Some people can say this woman is off. Some people can say anything. She's a poet, for God's sakes. Oh, well, she's a cultural creative. I don't know what she is. She calls herself poet, primary intensity. Who the hell knows? All I know is I have this lady on the phone shrieking at me. I said, Ms. Sarton, she stops. I says, ma'am, I just want to tell you I thank you for what you did. She said, what is your name again? I said, my name is Mona Lisa Schultz. I just wanted to say I thank you. She went, oh, I really want to meet you. And she gives me the date to meet her, and she hangs up. I've yet to meet someone who wasn't very, very unique, talented, who wasn't moody, irritable, anxious, easy to get in an argument with. And they equally had, like, their ups, the moods go up and down, up and down. Their health goes up and down as well. Up and down, up and down. And they're poor, poorest, sensitive to other people's moods. They also go up and down, up and down, up and down. And as a result, their health reacts to those people's moods that go up and down, up and down, up and down. Suffice it to say, whenever I meet someone who's very intuitive, and if you're calling the show or listening to it, or listening to it on a podcast, yeah, by definition. Because you could be watching, I don't know, Judge Judy, which I suggest you get on a rerun or DVD it, or VCR it, whatever it is we do these days, because it's a great show. And she's crabby, irritable, anxious, and easy to get in an argument with. So I think she's intuitive. The point of the matter is, there's a hell of a lot of people who probably have bipolar 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. We can do something about our moodiness, irritability. We can listen to the intuitive message behind the mood. Before, we get cycling health problems that we can then call bipolar health. But listen to the message, the, the intuitive message behind the mood. And if your moods get out of control, for God's sakes, go to a class like DBT, which I've taken and taught, that can help you learn how to rewire your frontal and temporal lobe for emotional regulation and effectiveness. And maybe you need a mood stabilizer like DHA or a variety of other things even medicines if it's way out of whack, especially if you have epilepsy, brain injury, and so on. Live a good life. Live a happy life. Learn how to use all the unique brilliance in your brain, the mercurial nature of which one part is moods. That I'm Dr. Molise, and we're talking about bipolar emotional intuition or moodiness. If you want to know more about the, the solutions in today's show, you want to go to my Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. And you know, of course, there's going to be more social media where there's going to be Dr. Mona Lisa 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. I have to say that because it's ridiculous. Every day there's another one. People go, can I call you on Zoom? I go, yes. Can you call me on Skype? Yes. How about Twitter? Twitter. I mean, there's always another place. And I'm like, you know what? We're done. Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, or Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. And we're going to call it for a day. If you can't get on the line today and you want a, pers- a private reading, the regular two-hour comprehensive reading, or the mini one-hour reading, which is kind of hard to do these days because people's their lives are getting more complex, go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com, or call 207-846-6475. We'll go to line one, and how can I be of help? 
Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. Um, yeah, it, I get very irritated, it seems, lately. I don't know what it is, but I really would like to know what's going on with my left hip joint where my thigh bone goes in. It just gets weak. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I haven't injured myself. You want to know about your left hip thigh bone? Where my thigh bone goes in? Yeah. And um, it just gets like kind of cramped. Okay. And I know the left side Let's, of your body. Okay, I'm going to teach you. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to teach you a little bit about medical intuition. Okay. First of all, and all illnesses part due to diet, genetics, the environment, and so on. Okay. But every illness has an emotional intuitive component that aggravates it. So, for example. Let's just say you broke your left, your right hip or your left hip, and then you mm -hmm. drank a bunch of alcohol. Alcohol messes up the vessels to the hip. You understand? And that yeah. could make it worse. So it's not the, the problem that caused your hip, but it exacerbates it or makes it worse. You follow me? I got it. And then, if that weren't worse, say, I don't know, you were a fencer or you played rugby, and that involves hips, okay? Or you were, worse yet, you were in Canadian hockey, and that involves a lot of hip checking, right? <laughs> That's a better mm -hmm. example. <laughs> and so you got, you overused your hips, you have an overuse injury, but you recovered, right? And then right. you were in a bad relationship. In medical intuition, second center relationships, and you're going to see that I'm kind of reading you. You're going to get it in a second. Medical intuition, one-on-one -on -one relationships, significant others. You've got your intimacy, things like that. That affects the lower back and the hip. The thing is, the hip is a funny thing. It's just like anatomy. The hip bone is connected to the backbone. The hip bone is connected to the knee bone. So when a person complains of a hip problem, you think it's the hip. It may be the hip. It could book muscle, the piriformis muscle, that's connected to an area in the spine, the sacrum. But you really want to, in medical intuition, you want to look at the relationship. And the first thing I see is relationships are a real priority for you. And when a relationship mm -hmm. isn't there for you, your moods let you know. They go up and they go down. It's like the gas tank. Intuition is like the gas tank. No, excuse me. is like the dashboard in your car. The light will go on when you're low on something. So your mood will go down when you're not getting vitamin L, love. The other thing is that your moods will go up and down intuitively when you're cycled, when you are keyed in to somebody else. Whether they're close, hot, or, or far away, cold. And I actually see someone near you who cycles between close and far away they go hot and they go cold and that affects your moods because our neurotransmitters mm -hmm. in our brain and body are our moods and our neurotransmitters are influenced by the people in our life close relationships help build opiates oxytocin and make our moods go up and when they go down mm -hmm. and they far away our moods go down so when someone in your life it goes hot, they're close, your mood goes up. And when they're cold, 
when they're distant, wait a minute, it goes down. The problem is I have a hard time seeing that you have other things that help improve your mood, give you heat, warmth, love. I have a hard time seeing a job that gives you a sense of safety and security, a sense of joy. I have a hard time with children or passion or friends that give you joy. I think there's this one person, the main squeeze, kind of, that is your main juice, your neurotransmitter. Who's that person? Probably my son. He's sensitive like me. No, no. Forget about sensitive like me. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Anne. I love you almost as much as my luggage. (laughs) You don't love him because he's sensitive like you. You love him because he's your son. You love him, right? Of course, of course, of course. And the thing is, he has, he's connected to you. He's vital to you. And vitality is life. And when you don't get him, it's like not getting air or chocolate. Chocolate has phenylethylalanine. It's dopamine. It raises our mood. Literally, if you don't connect to your son, your mood goes down. And I saw a part of your son can be charming, charismatic, and fun, but then it can turn. And he can get angry, defensive, and irritable. Is that correct? Not, he doesn't get really irritable and defensive. I didn't um, say, you didn't I say really. Said- no, 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 no. Mm. I love you. <laughs> You said he doesn't get he really. The answer is he does get it, right? Yeah. If your yeah, mood yeah, is sure. if your mood is low, okay, then you have less serotonin and you get rejection sensitivity. So if he gets a little, I don't know, mean, a little mean, it's big mean to your okay. brain, because you are rejection okay. sensitive. Do you get it now? I get it. It's like. If you uh, don't get enough sleep and someone slams the door, you're going to lose it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you have low emotional resilience. I look at your head. I see problems with focus, attention, sustained attention, distractibility. We'll come back. I want you to hold on, okay? There's my music and we've okay. got to go to break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about, we're going to finish with Anne. We're going to talk about how you can tell if your intuition is your mood to someone else's. You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. We're back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show has been dedicated to, is this bipolar or emotional? Intuition or moodiness? And we've learned that we can have a variety of emotions that cycle through the day, and that's normal. We can have a break in the mechanism that controls emotions, the barriers that smoothly help us 
cycle, like a shift from one gear in our car to another, we can have a problem with the mechanism that helps us shift gears from one thing, one emotion to another in our brain. We could be born with a unique capacity between emotions and intuition and the frontal lobe, the executive area, that helps censor emotion and intuition, spirituality, and helps smooth over emotions. All of these types of brains and minds and psyches, we can learn how to live with them, supplement, boost with herbs, nutritional supplements, vitamins, and sometimes medicines to live a strong, active, healthy, compassionate, but productive life. We need to learn how to use our unique brain, the intuition and creativity in the emotion. We need to find our unique wiring for emotion. We can't just say, oh, this is the way I am, you know, live with it. We have to be able to function in the world and learn how to work the unique brain we have so we can have our emotions but also relate peacefully and effectively with others. We're going to go back to Anne. Are you there, Anne? I am here. Okay. You, you know they have these kind of worms that are hermaphrodites. Now you're like, where did that come from? Hermaphrodite worms, actually, it's like they got the egg and the sperm together, and so they create children by themselves. So they can literally say their children take after them because it's just them. Do you know what I mean? They're the only parent. But, Anne, last time I checked, you're not an earthworm or something like that, right? You're right. (laughs) I know. So your son can't just take after you because... Uh, The normal human being has 46 chromosomes, so that means you contributed your 23 and somebody kicked in another 23, right? Okay. So, what was that person like, personality-wise? I can't swear on the the radio, but he was a butthole. Hey, first of all, that was somewhat (laughs) getting close. When I saw it, and this is not against motorcycles, but I was trying to find out why I thought this. Um, mm-hmm. Someone who's a risk taker, someone who's impulsive. Yep. Someone who likes motorcycles. Um, he liked motorcycles, really? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. Okay. So I wasn't far off with the motorcycles. Uh-uh. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Did he also have a legal history? Or rather, illegal history? Uh, I'm sure he does, but it, you know, he never, like, told us about it, but I'm sure okay. he does. Okay, so in other words, he wasn't, been, honest, yeah. he wasn't honest about it because people like that are not really honest. That's right. Okay, so you have to understand something about that. A person can have things like attention deficit, be moody, right? And those mm-hmm. are areas in the brain. But right next to him is this area that has to do with rules. (laughs) You know what I mean? Following them or the absence of following means breaking them. And those people can have a problem with callous disregard of other people's feelings. Are you following Mm -hmm. me? And 
they can also have problems with anger and aggression and irritability. And then there comes mm-hmm. the violence and, you know, it goes on from there. It, it, it's mm-hmm. not a pretty sight. The thing is, unfortunately, your son has half of his genes. It doesn't mean necessarily he has to be like him. But you cannot negate the fact that your son has that some in him. And just like there's alcoholism in my family, I don't drink. And none of my surgeries do I do now pain meds. I don't ever do a pain med because I don't want to become an alcoholic or an addict. And I'll have two, two, two problems in one. Are you following me? So you have to be very careful. I don't know how old your son is, but you have to be very careful when you says he's just like me because the answer is he's not. And you also have to be very careful that you learn how to be assertive with him because that's been your, your problem with men, that you've had abusive relationships okay. with them, and I think you've been um, banged around a bit. Is that correct? No, not physically. Emotionally, yes. Banged around emotionally is actually sometimes worse than physically. Right. You have to be very careful that your son does not say things that bang you around because you would have a ten- you have difficulty loving someone and getting angry with them at the same time. That's called a dialectic. Are you following me? And yeah. as a result, you'll just love them, put a blind eye to the, your anger about them, that will go into your body and will make you depressed, and you'll have a mood swing. Do you understand? Yeah. There's a wonderful psychologist, her name was Karen Horney, which her name is spelled H-O-R-N-E-Y, which sounds like horny. Which she must have been. It must have been hard for her growing up, but we're gonna leave that alone. Anyway, I guess she changed it to Hornet on purpose. But we're not. We're not fooled. Right. Anyway, she said anger turned <laughs> is depression. And if you love someone like you loved her, his father, they say things that are mean. Like you're gonna wear that? Are you really gonna wear that? If you're sad or you're hormonal, or whatever, it really goes in. And rather than get angry and go, you could walk out and come back in when you have something called empathy. Hello? <laughs> mm-hmm. But you don't. You swallow it. You swallow the anger and it makes you depressed. And then you think you're having a new episode. When really, gotcha. you're taking their anger in and you're swallowing it. And it makes you hate yourself. Are you following okay. me? And then you think you're psycho. I am following you. So that means you have to have interpersonal effectiveness because that also would train your son to be able that he can do that. You get it? Good luck. You take it easy. That's how it, Thank you. That Thank our you. relationships can really induce mood disorders. We will go to line four. Laura, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi. Is this, is this uh, you got the right line? I mean, Hello? Yes, are you Laura? Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I'm wondering about um moods I cannot no matter how I try um get rid of them. Like I think um can we pick up telepathic feelings from other people that influence our moods? Like um something I've had um intuitive experiences and uh I just wonder if uh, we can, yeah, I'm very sensitive, and I wonder if we could actually tune in to other people and have them affect us. Okay, first of all, 
Um, you have to be careful of that. Because there are some people who are very spiritual who do the anger bypass procedure. You know in the heart we have a heart bypass, coronary artery bypass. Where if a heart is clogged, an artery is clogged, they simply take the artery and go around it. Mm-hmm. But chances yeah. are there are other arteries clogged in the body, and, you know, it's only a matter of time. We're not going to go uh-huh. into that. However, right, yeah. Um, a lot of people, when they feel, and, and they've done studies to show that if people have long-term hostility, which is another nice word for anger, they have increased susceptibility for hypertension, which increases your chance for coronary artery disease. Those people have increased risk for heart attacks. When they treat them and teach them how to express their anger, name it, take it from the right brain, name it, respond effectively, and release it, there's less likely to have further heart attacks. So we have to be very careful because some people say, um, you know, this is not my anger. They're bypassing it. They're saying it's someone else. They're disavowing it. Um it's like someone saying they find trash in their front yard and they go, it's not my trash, it's somebody else's, and they don't pick it up. There's a kind of illness in our brain, all of us, our neurons in our brain are nerve cells. They take the trash and they dump it. They're called plaques, tangles, and it's cellular trash. The thing is, is that if it stays there for very long, it turns into dementia. It gets inflamed and cells die. So it's important that we, like forgiveness, feel an anger or sadness or grief and move. The word emotion means to create movement. So we have to be able to figure out what the emotion, the name of it is. Is it fear, anger, sadness, or love and joy? Figure out what it's telling us to do and then release it so it doesn't build up in plaques or tangles in our brain or fat in our abdomen or distension or pain. Chinese medicine says stuck chi. It's pain. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. stuck energy. It means we can't flow. We're not moving. Mm-hmm. We're holding on or it's stuck. The mm-hmm. point of the matter is if you're constantly, and I'm not saying this is you, but other people are listening. If we're constantly saying this is not my emotion, this is not my anger, this is not my trash, then it's stuck. Mm -hmm. Because maybe it is. And if you're saying it's someone else's, it's stuck. Mm -hmm. And you're not able to listen to the message. You're disavowing it like you're listening to, oh, I don't know, people who find pollutants in the ocean, they say, well, I didn't dump it there. Well, somebody did. If everybody says somebody else did, mm-hmm. you know, when people get in an argument, they go, you did it first. Well, you did it first. You did it now. I mean, they go back. I didn't do it first. You did it first. The point of the matter is someone's angry. And what are you going to do about it? A lot, yeah, of people, I could, yeah. a lot of people, when someone gets angry, they get anxious. Yeah. And you feel like someone, when someone near you is angry, you get anxious. And with an inability to figure out how to handle that boundary, their anger and your anxiety, they're like sit together on the bus and they go into your body, they go to your adrenal glands and they release cortisol, which makes your blood sticky. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't just make your heart rhythm go funny. Mm-hmm. It makes your cortisol go to your nearby pancreas and cause problems with insulin and blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you try to have insulin around your midsection as if to insulate yourself from anger because you don't know that you have mastery around people who just happen to be angry for the moment. Mm-hmm. And so people who have phobias or anxious, their one way of handling it, which is ineffective, is avoiding. Mm-hmm. And that's not what you do. Effectively, you approach, don't avoid, would support, figure out how to handle or build up tolerance. And that's what people do with people now who have allergy to too many foods. They do, they help them build T suppressor cells tolerance. And they do the same thing with people who have anxiety with a lot of insensitivity with a lot of people in the world who have loud emotions. People like you are very sensitive and empathic. They teach them distress tolerance. And I see you in a family. Families are supposed to make us feel safe and secure. And though you were born with that kind of paper-thin skin and paper-thin psyche with a twitchy immune system that's kind of sensitive to certain foods and sensitized to people with loud emotions, not just anger, but intense, loud emotions, that it's too loud for you. It's too much dopamine, too much epinephrine, and so you avoid it. It's not necessarily helpful because by staying away or isolating yourself, you're also avoiding love. Nutrients of people. Who do you live with, Anne? I mean, excuse me, who do you live with, Laura? Um, I live alone. Right. You get that? That's not good. Yeah. You're not getting vitamin P people. Mm-hmm. It's not just anger around you that's a problem. It's loud. Noise, loud crowds. Is that correct? Yeah. And so, just like a person who has a lot of food allergies, food intolerances is probably more accurate. You have intolerances to a lot of people, right? Yeah, unfortunately. So, unfortunately, that thin skin for people and environments is not effective. Because the longer you stay away, the more sensitized you get. Well, so you might uh, call it intuition and empathy, but it's a muck. It's run amok. Um, it's come with age. I'm 77. Can I tell you? I, no, it hasn't come with age. You were like this when you were young. I managed to block it out. But no, you didn't block it out. I can see you sitting in the field with some kind of, um, what's those things you blow and all the little seeds go everywhere? You know what I'm talking um, about? It was a daisy, and now it's um, a little thing that has all the leaves. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Milkweeds, or whatever they're called. They go yeah, all over yeah. the place. I yeah, can see I know. You're sitting in the field by yourself, blowing those things all over the place while the kids are playing over in the distance. You daydreamed a lot, and you were separate a lot. Is that right? Pardon me? I'm sorry, say that again? Um. Uh, I, I didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. You daydreamed a lot, and you were separate a lot. You were always yeah. on the periphery of the group. Um, so, yeah, I was. I learned to be alone. Yeah. Right. So that's the same thing as you are now. You yeah. Didn't, see, you, you you keep thinking 
I can't believe it. Once people get in their 70s, they think, well, you know, it's because I'm old. Forget about it. It's not. Don't be ageist. Suppose someone said, well, you know, you're an old lady, you know. You'd yeah, be mad right. at them. You just called it's yourself true. a little old lady. Stop it. True. You were like this when you were like five or seven. True. I'm you're sorry. You're always on the side. You're always on the periphery. And dandelion or something with a little, it's all the, and you blow it, and the, all the little weeds go all over the place. You were like that back then. And then when you took that brain you had that was very sensitive and didn't want to be with the rest of the kids, you kind of there in the distance. Then you dipped that in estrogen and progesterone, and you were like anxious and phobic. Then they called it shy. You were shy. And then, but you found somebody, and then, you know, they either died or left you, and then you left them alone. Were you ever married? No. Shy. Social phobia. Did you get it? And now you're alone. And this is not good for your brain because you keep out love. Do you get it? You can yeah. be telepathic and be in the spiritual world, but unfortunately you're still on the earth. Yeah. And the problem is that always being in the ethers increases your chance for problems with focus, attention, sustained attention, distractibility, and memory. I look at your head. I see problems with recall of either names or where you put things. Okay. I look at your neck. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. I see increased susceptibility of making antibodies against your thyroid. I look at your heart. You don't like to go to doctors, but I see an increased susceptibility for your heart skipping a beat and adding a beat. But you avoid doctors, which you shouldn't. I look at your left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast, esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. Things sag. I can't figure out if your abdominal muscles sag. Your digestive tract is low, slow. Things sag. I wonder if you have problems with melancholy and sadness, not just nervousness. Um, I'm having a back back pain, back issue right now when I get up. You have to talk to someone about that because there's something about you have low muscle tone. And as a result, you move less. And then, if you've, then it makes you less agile and you're more likely to fall and break something. And so, therefore, you have to get your bone density checked. I see increased susceptibility of having problems with blood sugar, insulin. I look at the joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. I see a capacity to have a lateral curvature with one hip higher than the other. I look at your neck, upper back, lower back, and sacral area. I wonder whether or not one shoulder is higher than the other. I see a change in bone density. I see excessive daytime fatigue. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Um, right now it's a, a herniated discs. How tall are you? Uh, five four. How much do you weigh? Uh, one twenty. Uh, one thirty. Do you have a problem with bone density? I haven't had a scan lately. Uh, not that I know of. How about your heart? Um, it's clear. I had an angiogram. Have you ever had I problems? Have, Go ahead. I have mitral valve prolapse, but mild. Why did you have an angiogram? 
Um, she thought because uh, I um, got a low re- I got a uh, low reading on a, a stress test. Okay, so that's she. Um, you, have a, it, you have a cardiac issue of some kind. Yeah. Otherwise, they it, don't do they don't do angiograms on people coming walking off the street. Yeah, I know. I had something on the stress test, and she, based on my history, she thought there was a blockage, but there was no blockage. What's the history? My mother had a heart attack at the late 70s. Okay. You need to be careful. The other thing is, do you move less? No, I I can walk a couple of miles uh, a day. I'm very thankful that I could. Do, no, you could. Do you? Yeah, I do. Every day? Um, lately, my back's been out, and it's been very hot in the city. You're alone, and you need stimulation. Mm-hmm. But you're socially anxious and phobic, and you avoid it. Is that yeah. correct? Yes. You think yes. your biggest problem is your discs and your back? It's not. No, it's my head. It's No, it's your heart. It's my heart, yeah. Because your heart is pining. Even though your head wants to stay away from people, your heart needs people. Mm -hmm. I have a close friend. I have a close friend, but um, it's more like uh, he has a problem right now, and um, I'm supportive, but he's very affectionate. I don't know about the friend. I don't know about that close friend. We'll leave that in quotes. What I want you to do is talk to another friend <laughs> who's either a, a niece, a nephew, a sibling, someone else who has common sense, who says, why don't we do this? And they'll help steer you into a more healthier lifestyle where you have people to walk with. And I think you'll find that your vitality and mood will improve. And I think your back will get better. Do you understand? Yes. Thank you so much. Good luck. You take it easy. Um, You're genius. Thank you. No, one, one second. Laura, are you there? Yes. Get Have that person help you. Get involved with people who do telepathy and spirituality. Because mm-hmm. it is people like you who are wise ones, who are elders, that we look to. But how are we supposed to get your wisdom if you're cordoned off somewhere behind a rope? Mm-hmm. You know that's kind of selfish, that you stay away. How are we supposed to get your wisdom? <laughs> I, no, you I, I think it's quite selfish, quite frankly. <laughs> wow. I'm kidding you. I'm kidding. Do you understand? I'm kidding you. Don't get off here and say, she called me selfish. I'm just trying to tell you, you have a gift. You need to share it with the world. You're not going to let your anxiety and sensitivity, that's a byproduct of your gift, keep you from sharing it, are you? Um, I'm trying. I'm trying. You have to have somebody help you. Okay. Do you get it? Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Take it easy. Thank you. She wants to get off the phone. I don't blame her. We will go to line five. Deirdre, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? 
Great. Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. Great to talk to you. I've listened we to you for years a, and years. We have about a minute. How can I be of help? Okay. Okay. Um, well, I have a son who, um, a young adult son, uh, college age, with a mood disorder, up and down, so much of what you said, I can absolutely relate to the mood swings and, and the sensitivity, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's, you know, it's been going okay, whatever. But at this point in life, I'm older and I feel like um, it's impacting me physically in certain ways. I just came from an what, endocrinologist. What I, do, what I want you to do is understand that your son, 13% of all people have some kind of disorder something different about their brain, unique, that they were born with. You would understand developmentally if someone were born with cerebral palsy. And it's not that you don't understand your son. I understand you understand your son. But it's very painful to be a mother and watch one's child suffer and worse yet, at times, see them repeat the same error over and over again and not quite get it. And frequently, people with certain developmental disorders, unfortunately, the people around them are more in pain than they are. Do you understand? Yeah, absolutely. So understand, like someone who's born with something missing, they're going to find a way. They have a higher power. And somehow their higher power is going to help them find their way. You need to get someone who can help you with a support group for parents like you. Good luck. Okay. I want to thank Great. You thank you. Today you've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.